So let's get going, why don't we? Let's just, uh, as, we, as we close out, can we, can we just um, make the room a little bit more intimate? Can we just get those lights out of here? I want to give you the privacy that you need to process what the Word is going to say tonight. Um, I need you to, to do this for me as we, as we ready ourselves. I need you to just do whatever you normally do to get yourself ready to receive from the Lord. Whether that's just saying a prayer to Him, whether that's a scripture that you read to yourself, whether that's whatever it is that you do to get yourself ready to receive from the Lord, you're going to be processing a lot tonight with the Holy Spirit. And I, and I want you to be ready to receive fresh and new revelation on some things that you might have always considered that you already know. Am I, am I making sense? You know, we, we read Scripture and we think we got it. In fact, we read Scripture so much that we think we've got it that we even put Scriptures into the Bible that don't exist. And we even hold people accountable to Scriptures that we've created. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Hold my teenagers accountable to that Scripture. That Scripture doesn't exist. It's not in the Bible. We made it up. It's the same. Amen? So I think tonight we just need to get to a place where we can process the things that we think we know and just have a look at some things and let the Holy Spirit unpack some new revelation. Remember what we said the other night. Revelation is the opposite of religion. And if you do the same old thing in worshiping God over and over again and believe the same old thing that you've read because you think you know it, you're getting religious about God's Word. To be able to walk with the Holy Spirit, you need to have continuous revelation in your life. Every single time I get up here, I'm praying that I'm not going to be giving you a message that I gave you a year ago or two years ago or six months ago. I'm praying that there's fresh revelation. The Word of God is not new. So I'm going to contradict Micah. God's not doing something new. Ouch. What he's doing is he's calling out a new thing out of you that he's already placed in you. It's not new. You've got everything in this inside of you from the very get-go to get the job done. He placed that in you at the beginning of time. He wired it into every single human DNA when he made humans in his image. But what he is doing is he's putting something in, on the inside of you, an agitation, a frustration, a desire. He's stirring something up in you. You want something more, don't you? Come on now, I want to get your expectation up in the room tonight. We don't come here and just say, oh, well, I hope Pastor Craig's got a new revelation. Are you coming here tonight wanting to have that new thing pulled out of you? You see, Satan the devil wants to destroy you. But here's the kicker. We walk around saying, oh, Satan's attacking me. I bounced into somebody the other day, bumped into somebody the other day. They said to me, oh, I'm under such attack. And I said, well, what time did this attack come? And the lady said to me, oh, from about midday yesterday. I said, no ways. That's the same time that Satan was attacking me. But Satan's not omnipresent. So how can he attack you and attack me at the same time? And then on top of that, how can somebody that's lying defeated attack me? 
So stop talking that Satan's attacking you. Satan looks at you and runs in the opposite direction. Don't give Satan permission to attack you by telling him, come and attack me, Satan. Stop talking in under old revelation and start talking with your language under new revelation. Stir up in you what has been done by the Christ, not what you think Satan is doing to you. That is spiritual warfare. Satan wants you to believe the rhythm of the imperfect human psyche. And I say this again. Satan wants you to believe the rhythm of the imperfect human psyche. Oh, that's deep. You see, Satan can't do anything new under the sun. He can't do anything new. The impact of what he got done in Eden is what you are feeling in your life right now. He's not working a new sin up to catch you. The human psyche has got into an imperfect rhythm because of an original lie. Human society has created the sin in the world, not Satan. Ouch. Because you see, we like to blame Satan for the things that we get wrong. But Satan's defeated, so he can't get it wrong. He has the perfect alibi. He's dead. Oh, Satan's attacking me. Physically impossible, Your Honor. I was dead at the time. Jesus has defeated Satan. What we are feeling is the rhythms of an imperfect psyche that has been made imperfect, has been put into the wrong rhythms by an original lie and an original sin. So who are we actually fighting? Now, I'm not saying that Satan isn't orchestrating things and he's not trying to pull you and make you believe that he has all the power, but he's dead. The consequences in the spirit realm are easily conquered. One word, Jesus. And Satan does a U-turn and heads for the hills. Now, when I first arrived here, one of the most ugliest creatures I had to get my mind around wasn't Jamie Dixon. It was, it was possums. Man, those things are ugly. They are ugly. But you know what? As soon as you go near them or try and do anything to them, what do they do? They play dead. As soon as you go near Satan and say the name of Jesus, you know what he's going to do? He's going to revert to the state that Jesus put him in. Dead, conquered, defeated. But when you don't say the name of Jesus, when you don't walk in the power of the Holy Spirit around Satan, he's going to revert to the kind of condition that you put him in, an attacker, an abuser, an oppressor. You see, we've got to deal with Satan the way Jesus taught us to deal with Satan. And then he reverts to the condition that Jesus put him in. Running. And Satan left that place and sought to come across Jesus at another time. Am I making sense? So here's how. We're going to go to, let's pray first, because we're going to be talking some pretty deep things. So let's pray first. Father God, we just pray right now in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit stirs up in us a desire to have new revelation from your centuries-old Word. That your Word that stood the test of time stirs up in us new revelation. 
And it changes us. It changes the way we speak. It changes the way we think. It changes what we do. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's have a look at uh, Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 4. It says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. How does the world wage war? Well, you think about it. For those who aren't with Jesus, if I do something wrong to them, what do they do to me? If I'm unforgiving to them, what do they do to me? They don't, they don't forgive me, right? We don't wage war like that. We have a different way of waging war, right? We, we, don't, we don't use the things that the consequence of the, of, the, of the rhythm of the imperfect human psyche creates. We've got into a rhythm of saying, well, if they do wrong, I do wrong. If they do this, I do that. It's a consequence. And Satan just goes, you see, guys, I just had to drop a pebble in the pool in Eden and look at all the consequences that they create. I'm not doing anything. Satan is lying defeated and he's getting all the glory. Like, what's with that? And yet on the inside of us, we have the power, the same power that conquered the grave. Satan is death. The same power that conquered Satan lives within us. The same power sits here. We don't wage war the same way as the world does. We don't wage war in the same way as incorruptible flesh does. I mean, as corruptible flesh does. We don't wage war like other human beings who don't believe in the power of Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm going to say it. We don't even wage war like powerless Christians wage war. We wage war like Christians who are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, are fully focused on the name of Jesus, and know what the Father is achieving through us. Go to the churches out there that are trying to push the Holy Spirit out the back door and you show me the, the power in that church. There is none. You cannot have power without Jesus because Jesus is the one that conquers the devil. The Holy Spirit is doing everything he can to point you to Jesus so that you can have the power to defeat Satan's consequences. Without the Holy Spirit you are not continually being revealed the name of Jesus. You might get it every Sunday. You might get a little spike on a Wednesday evening. But unless the Holy Spirit is camping in your heart and you are operating in His gifts, you are powerless. You can call on the name of Jesus until you're blue in the face. But if you don't let the gifts that the Holy Spirit bring into your life because of that name begin to be manifest... Satan looks at you and goes, well, aren't you an army guy without a sword? Aren't you a powerless individual? You, you call on his name. You even cast demons out in his name, but you have no power. In fact, I think there's a scripture like that. You see, Jesus asks you to be intimate with the Holy Spirit. It's a command given by Jesus. And let me tell you something. This was a guy that knew about divine consequence in my life. So when he says, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit and he's going to be on the inside of you, it was to wage war in a way that the world has never seen. That's why they call it signs and wonders. Because the world will look upon how we wage war and wonder. 
but it will be a sign under whose name we wage that war. Does that make sense? And so that scripture continues and says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Let me tell you something. I haven't seen a politician win a political race speaking in tongues. I haven't seen a politician gain any kind of constituency by having a word of wisdom or, or having a moment of faith. I'm talking about an unbeliever here. I haven't seen anybody use the things of the world and gain eternal benefit. Can you name anybody? Somebody that operates in the wonderful worldly gift of unforgiveness. See, they also have spiritual gifts in the world. It's the reverse of everything that God has given you to have the power. That's why they don't have power. They, they operate in a lack of grace. They take authority into things that they're not supposed to take authority over because they don't have the power to handle it. You see, we can declare marriages whole and healed as Jesus wants marriages to be because we declare it in the name of Jesus. They meddle with marriages because they don't have the name of Jesus to win the war over the attack on marriages. That's why marriages are failing. Children are going off all over the place because the world is saying, well, whatever, whatever their rights dictate as opposed to what the Holy Spirit tells us they need to be done with. You see, the world has no power. That's because they're the opposite of what we've got. We've got power. Why have we got power? Well, let's have a look at Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. I don't know about you, but if I need to be strong at something, I've got to work at something. I can't go to dental school in 1967 and expect to be the best dentist in 2018 if I haven't practiced anything I've learned. Am I right? If you come to this conference, this meeting, this process of looking into the supernatural this year, and you do nothing with what you've got until next year, you're going to be without power. You've got to continue being strong in these things when you walk in the way when you sit down, when you stand up and when you lie down, when you're with your children, when you're not with your children, when you're with your spouse, when you're not with your spouse, when you were just with yourself and no one's looking, you have to be strong in these things. And then have a look at what it says. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Schemes. That's all it is. If somebody comes to you, now how many of you know this, and, and please forgive me if you're in this industry, but someone will often come to us as, as a couple and say, I'd love to come and have a meeting with you. I, I've got a business proposition for you. How many of you have had that, ever had that conversation with somebody? And they arrive with their little bags of chemicals and a book that shows you how to sell this stuff and then you sell it on and then you make this kind of money and if you recruit this kind of person, well then... And what do we, 90% of the time, what do we do? Ah, whatever. Yeah, because it's just not tangible enough. It's just not real enough for your need right now. You don't need to be earning $1.90 every bottle of cleaner you sell. You need to be earning a salary. It's just not real enough. 
Well, the Satan, the devil, is coming over to you regularly saying, hey, I've got a proposition for you. And we go, really? Me? That's incredible. And it's just schemes. Other translations call it air. He's full of hot air. Here's the kicker. If we're not operating in the power of Jesus Christ under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we will say yes to every single one of His schemes every single time. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The heebie-jeebies. That sounds pretty hectic. I'm fighting against demons. I'm fighting against principalities of the world. I'm fighting against spirits that I can't even see. Yes. But you're fighting against them with gifts and with abilities that you can't even see. Jesus has given you things that, you know what, are so powerful that you can't even realize that they're on the inside of you. And all Satan does is in the magnitude of what God has placed on the inside of you, he makes you feel small, so small that you think you could possibly never wield that sword. You could possibly never use that gift because it's just too big and you're too small. Well, that's what David said as he hacked off a giant's head with his big sword. The small redhead guy that looked after the sheep. Not only did he run over Goliath with a stone and a slingshot, the story goes on and he picks up Goliath's sword, which is about his height. And he hacks off a head. Now, I was a paramedic for many years. And sadly, I had been to motor vehicle accidents where the decapitation was something that we had to deal with. It takes a lot of force. It's not something you can just do because you feel like, oopsie, <laughs> sorry. It's not like cutting your finger or pricking your finger while you're using a needle. You know how thick the spinal column and spine is. And I don't want to be gruesome, but we have the power and the sword to hack off any scheme's head that comes anywhere near us if we will just believe that we have the ability to pick up that sword. The Holy Spirit is lying in the scabbard right now at your side. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And Satan just wants you to believe that you know what? You don't have the power. Here's his big one that he'll tell you. You don't know how. I, I don't know how to talk in tongues. I don't know how to prof prophesy. I don't know how to heal. Raise people from the dead. Are you kidding me? The very first time I prayed for anybody in a line, I was praying and praying and praying. And in my heart, I was going, Lord, tell me what i got to do. I want to see signs and wonders. And I was praying and praying and praying. And I opened my eyes and the person wasn't there anymore. That's because they were lying on the floor. The Holy Spirit dealt with them in the first light of my prayer. I couldn't believe that the Holy Spirit could move through me. And I was trying to pray him up.
How dumb can I be and still breathe? The Holy Spirit doesn't need some incantation to manifest in your life. He just needs one word. Yes. Oh, but, 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 don't. Stop butting and start fighting. You have got issues in your life that require the gifts of the Holy Spirit that have been placed in you to start being manifest right now, tonight. Not when you get your mind in gear and Satan has pulled you through the ringer. Because the longer you take to believe that you have the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, the longer you're getting beat up by this world. I don't want you, but I want to walk out of this place tonight walking in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't kind of want to, maybe, I think. Because let me tell you something. If I go back out into the world with a kind of maybe and I think, you know what the world's going to do with that? That's going to turn it into a fat zero. And so when we have a look at this, all he wants you to do, Scripture says it like this in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, the God of this age, Satan the devil, is blinding the minds of the unbelievers. He's blinding us. And, uh, but the unbelievers aren't me. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer. Yeah, you believe in Jesus, but do you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? There's two decisions you need to take. Many people believe in Jesus. 85% of the population in South Africa tick their senses and say, yes, I'm a Christian. But 76% of the population also tick that they believe in ancestral worship. You see, even the Muslims will tell you that Jesus existed. But the Muslims will not operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not worried about whether or not you've received Jesus tonight. I'm worried about whether or not you're going to go out there with power or not. And whether or not you believe that the power has been placed on the inside of you because there's a whole lot of consequences to the unnatural rhythm of the human psyche that we need to go and defeat. Right here, right now, in your family. And you're wondering why things just aren't working out. Oh, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. Will you now get up in that power that Jesus introduces into you, namely the Holy Spirit? I need to leave this place so that the Holy Spirit can come. You need to cast your mind off Jesus for a moment, knowing of your salvation, and look unto that which He has promised. And He's promised the Holy Spirit. You're not living in the cross age. You're living in the age of the Holy Spirit. And Satan the devil knows that as much as he can get you to feel woe is me at the bottom of the cross, you're lying at the bottom of the cross wallowing in the reason you went to the cross. Oh, I, I put down so much at the cross. Well, then why are you lying around there? Put it down and walk away. Oh, but you know, Craig, I just, I just need to curl up on Jesus' lap. That's how we defeat Satan the devil. No, no, Jesus needs you to get up off his lap and start having some power in the Holy Spirit that he sent to be amongst you to be the counselor, to be the power, to be the instrument of change, to make sure that Satan the devil remains defeated in your life. Far too often we blame Satan and not our own human psyche for the things that are happening in our lives. Oh, 
I'm just walking under the spirit of depression. I'm so depressed. Well, you, you made it. If you've got the power to make it, trust me, you've got the power to defeat it. Oh, but you know, the doctor says, that Jesus says, that by my stripes you are healed. I don't give a rip what the doctor has to say. That is Satan trying to get me to believe in doubt, condemnation, and weakness. My Jesus tells me that I can look at the doctor in the eye and say you're lying. I will not succumb to the process that that doctor has just set me on. I will only walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, guided by Him. If the Holy Spirit says, go to that doctor, I'll go to that doctor. If the Holy Spirit says, listen to that doctor, I'll listen to that doctor. If the Holy Spirit says, deny that, that diagnosis, I'll deny that diagnosis. But I'm not going to govern my life by what the doctor has to say. I'm going to govern my life by what the Holy Spirit has to say. And so when we have a look at this, all he wants to do is he wants you to steal the Word of God from you. That's what Satan's doing. He did it to Eve, remember? He said, did God really say? Did God really say that you were more than a conqueror or did he kind of say that you would be a conqueror-ish? Did he really say that you were a child of the Most High God or did he just say that you need to be a child? Did he really say that you'd be able to conquer all things or, or maybe you know, you're, it's okay to succumb to the Netflix binge every night that's putting you into that state of loneliness? Did he really? What? All he wants to do is he wants to rob you of the promise. Here's the deal, guys. You can believe up a storm tonight for healing and walk out of here with the problem. Right? We had people here come in on Sunday night. They were really prayed for. They really believed that healing would work. Monday night, they were back here with the same problem. They didn't have little faith. No, you see, sometimes to pick up the sword takes a little bit of practice. Sometimes to get strong enough to wield the kind of power that the Holy Spirit has for you is going to take a little bit of confidence. But I'd rather be practicing with the sword of the Spirit than bludgeoning myself to death with Satan's words. I'd rather be, to be, be tormented by the Holy Spirit than tormented by Satan the devil. Because when the Holy Spirit prompts me to do something, it means he's getting, he's getting me ready, he's getting me better, he's preparing me, and he's readying me for power. And when that power comes, trust me, the healing will come too. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm talking about genuinely unpacking the gift and the gifts that Jesus has placed on the inside of you. We, we I said at the beginning, we create Bible verses. I made up one today and I was using it around just to see if anybody would believe that that was in the Bible. I did. And everyone go, wow, that's, that's pretty deep scripture, Pastor Craig. In the, in the end times, you will not be able to see the seasons change except for the falling of the leaves. 
Sounds pretty deep, right? You laugh. I get people in the office all the time that walk up to me. Doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible that no? Uh, I'm sure it does. You can go and read it. Can I give you a Bible to go and find that? Doesn't it say in the Bible somewhere that, that God helps those who help themselves? No. I'm sure. Well, go find it. You can even write your own translation and put it in there if you like, but it doesn't make it the Word of God. Just because something is in the Bible or not doesn't make it the Word of God. The Word of God is alive and well and on the inside of you. That's where it's got to make sense. That's where the Holy Spirit wants to live. And Satan the devil wants to rob you of the revelation of God's Word. He's not robbing you of the Bible. We can read the Bible. The challenge is reading the Bible and getting a personal revelation on the inside of us. That's what Satan's trying to rob you of. And so what he does is he scares you with, with Holy Spirit practices. So I'm not going anywhere near that church because they talk in tongues. Now all of a sudden, the revelation of God's Word is not being activated in your life because you're making an excuse. And excuses are a lie from the devil. Instead of going in and discovering and finding out and, and being open-minded to the Holy Spirit, we run away being closed-minded to our religious thoughts. So Satan, the devil, is trying to stop you. He's trying to make sure that the revelation of God's Word is robbed from your life. What's the Holy Spirit doing? Well, if we jump down to that Scripture in Ephesians 6, it says this, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Now we all think that that's the day of judgment. No, that's tomorrow. <laughs> that's this afternoon. That when the day of evil comes, we are living in an evil world right now, every day. I don't think that that's coming later. Oh, well, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I got my salvation. I got my Jesus. Why don't you just go lie at the cross? You may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, <laughs> did you see that? After you have tried everything to stand. How many of you have been pushed over by the world's problem even though you've gone into it with the best intent? I did this, I did that, I tithed, I budgeted, and yet I still found myself bankrupt. Yes? Come on, I can't be the only foolish sinner in the room. It says there that after you have done all that you have tried, everything you have tried, here's what you've got to do. It also tells me in Scripture that God will not test me beyond what I can endure. So when I'm at the end of my tether, that's a good time to start digging into the Holy Spirit. Don't think that the Holy Spirit can't operate in you because you're broken. It's when you're broken that the Holy Spirit can stick in, step up into your life. Don't think that you can't be leveraging the power of the Holy Spirit because you, you, you don't know your Bible well enough. You're not good enough. You don't play a guitar as well as those people on stage. You don't preach. You don't prophesy. I've never done this. I've never done that. It's the humble. It's the broken. It's the lowly. It's the ones that are humbling themselves before the Lord that the Holy Spirit can genuinely start lifting up in power. And so that scripture carries on. 
Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. I hope it's a long belt because my waist is. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. That's my clip-on chest. i got a clip-on chest. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The gifts of the Holy Spirit will only be able to quell Satan if you operate in faith. And faith is the assured expectation of the things hoped for though not yet beheld. Don't think that you can study the gifts of the Holy Spirit into place. Studying is understanding. It's good. But this is going to take some faith. This is going to take some embracing the unknown. This is going to take some embracing something you've never done before. This is going to take some embracing, oh, hang on, the doctor's always told me that I've had this, but I'm going to step out in faith. That's how we protect ourselves. But tonight isn't about protecting ourselves. Tonight is about fighting back. I don't just want to cower in the corner and go, Phew, he didn't hit me. Got away with that one. I want to send Satan packing. I want to be able, and I, I'm sharing some stuff now. My wife cringes when I, when I say this. But you know when the final days come and we're all raptured and we're all taken to be with Jesus, I'm going to be disappointed if he doesn't leave me behind to fight the Antichrist. He's given me all this power. I want to eyeball the devil. Come on now. I want to look at the devil and go, pathetic. Why are you laughing? I have been given all authority on earth and through Jesus Christ to every single day look at the devil and go, pathetic. I don't look in the mirror in my spirit being anymore and go pathetic, weak, won't account to much, won't amount to much, will never do anything great. No, no, no. I look at the devil and go pathetic, weak, won't ever amount to much, will never achieve anything in my life. I don't talk myself down. I've been given the authority to talk the devil down. Who is he to talk me down? I've been given sonship in the most high's throne room. I have access into the heavenlies that Satan has been booted out of. Why must I believe his drivel? And yet I do. Oh, woe is me. I'll never, you know that I, we're just Boswell. If I ever hear somebody saying we're just Boswell, when I see the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ changing lives all over the world from just Boswell. Satan wants you to think that this is just a little country church. Let me tell you something. The people that have stepped into this country church over the last three nights encountered a pretty powerful God in a pretty big way. And it wasn't me. It wasn't Pastor Zach. It wasn't Pastor Micah. It was the Holy Spirit doing his thing in just little old Boswell. Well, now the same is true of me. Oh, I'm just little old Craig. 
No, I look at Satan the devil and I don't just dodge his bullets. I push back. I push back. I'm not just taking, keeping the little corner of light that I've, I've carved out for myself. No, I'm pushing back the darkness so my, my family can have some light. And I'm pushing back the, the darkness even further so the next generation can enjoy some light. And I'm pushing back the light over here so this family can have some light. And I'm pushing back over here so that little old Boswell realizes that they're big Boswell. And I'm pushing back the light here and I'm conquering Satan at every possible opportunity to make sure that there is light. I will not allow him to hide my light under a basket because my light is the light of Jesus Christ and he said it will never be extinguished. And so we go walk through life and we go, okay, cool. I can, I can protect myself. God doesn't want you to have and be a protector of your own space. That's selfishness. And even Satan the devil enjoys it when you get into a little holy corner and go, I'm okay, I'm going to heaven. Oh, come on now. Phew, I got my eternity. At least my eternity sorted out. When you get so caught up with having your eternity, Satan the devil's got you right where he wants you. Because you might have won the eternity for yourself, but because you're not releasing the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, there are hundreds of other people that will never ever enjoy that same position of light that you have. The Holy Spirit is here to set you on fire, not just light up your day with a candle. Yeah? Here's what the Holy Spirit did. Remember Satan, I mean, uh, Samson? What did he do with those little foxes in the field? And what did he do when he, when he, when he, when he, when he, when he got them running? What, what, was, what was the big thing? He set them on fire. He didn't just put a little candle in the corner and go, No, the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to set you on fire and send you out to the darkness. So that that darkness can burn down. Stop thinking of the Holy Spirit as just a solution to your problems. Yeah? I want to pick on somebody. I know a gentleman, I'm, I'm not going to mention names now. I know a gentleman, he's in the room right now. Came in on Sunday evening, and man, I didn't want to greet him. He looked drawn. He looked agitated. He looked depressed. He looked like all the people that Pastor Dwayne warned me about when I came to Boswell. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in his life, his whole demeanor's changed. He looks 10 years younger. He's got a spring in his step. I want to go and talk to him now. And all he wants to do is share with me what the Holy Spirit's doing in his life. And all of a sudden, the light that Jesus turned on in him is now turning a light on in me. And he's done nothing except share the Holy Spirit with everybody around him. I woke up to somebody the other day, I mean this morning, and I go, this evening at least, and I go, how are you doing? Very well. I'm healed. How many times do we walk up to somebody and they go, I'm okay, thank you. In this place, people walk up to each other and go, how are you doing? I'm healed. And Satan and all of his issues run a mile. 
just by changing the way we greet each other, we send Satan packing. Amen? Oh, I'm, I'm, I've just, I've, oh, I just, mm. uh. Yes? No, no, no. I'm redeemed. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm feeling some power tonight. I need some of Jesus in my life tonight. I've got a guy in, the, in Colorado Springs in the Bible college. He's one of the staff there. And, and when, he's, when he's got an illness, when he's got sickness in his lungs or he's coughing or whatever, and you ask him, how are you doing? He goes, i just got some healing going on in my chest. Amen? I, I, I just got a little bit of healing going on in the back of my neck right now. I just got a bit of healing going on in my lower back. You don't have to deny it. You've got some pain in your body. But you're not lauding the pain. You're lauding Jesus' healing capability in the pain. Amen? And Satan goes, oh, well, they know about healing. I better leave them. You see, when we demonstrate to... And here's the main point of the talk. This, that was just my introduction. Here he goes. He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the capital S Spirit, which is the Word of God. You can't have power without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay? You can't have the gifts of the Holy Spirit without the Word. If you don't know the Bible, you ain't going to have any gifts. I can't say it any plainer than that. If you're not willing to get into the Word of God, seeking His personal power training for you, you're going to wallow knowing that one scripture. And when you are facing the devil and you, everybody else has been raptured and you are looking at the devil square in the eye, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Um, um, oh, come on, man. What's that other scripture? You see, when we get prophetic with somebody and the Holy Spirit lays on my heart to give somebody a word, I better have a bank of words that the Holy Spirit can pull off for me to give him. You with me? I better, I better know the word. I better be reading the Bible. I don't ever read the Bible since I was this high. I remember reading the scriptures and there were always two voices in my head. One which was the scripture, what, meant, what it meant for me, and the other what it meant for somebody else. I know that my primary gift is the gift of prophetic and word of wisdom and word of knowledge because I've always had those two voices in my head when I opened the Bible. I never ever got the same when I opened up my Marvel comic or watched Netflix. But I get that when I open up the Word of God. You are hearing right now what the Lord said to me in my Bible reading time this morning that He needed to let me know and to, to tell you. This isn't coming from some astute Bible college. There's nothing astute about me. The fact remains is that we've got to be reading the Word of God. We have been given gifts to give others. We haven't been given gifts to keep. These, we are a delivery mechanism. We're not, we're not a mall. You with me? We're not to hoard up stuff. We do, what we get, we give. What we get, we give. What we get, we give. I don't get a tongue in my private prayer language to go, I can cover sake. No, I get a tongue so that I can get a special spiritual revelation of what the Lord is saying heart to heart to me.
And when I get that moment, watch my demeanor change. Watch me rush out and read the Bible and watch me rush out and bring Marty a word. Am I making sense? And then when we have a look at this, it says that, that this law, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. That's the part of the spiritual armor scripture we don't often read. We are to keep praying in the Spirit on every occasion. We are to keep praying in the Spirit for the saints all the time. I was saying to Micah, it'd be pretty cool if we opened up the church and we couldn't get any work done because people were just coming to pray for each other, for me, for Micah, me for them, them for me, got this word. There my phone goes, oh, someone else has got me a word. I wish they'd just leave me alone. <laughs> be pretty cool. But you know what we get? I'm feeling sick today. Oh, this is a problem. And I go, what, what, what? Do you think that the pastors have been given gifts that you haven't been given? Will you pray for me, pastor? You know what my question is? Have you prayed for yourself? I'll stand in agreement with whatever you're praying. But you've been given the power to take authority over your situation. You've been given the directive from the Lord to take authority over all the situations. Now, I'm not trying to undermine the gifts that the Lord has given myself and other pastors in this organization to teach and to edify. and Those are gifts that have been given in the congregation for the edification and for the building up of the church. But in your individual capacity, you are empowered. You are ready to go. The more broken, the better you are. The more humble, even more so. The more willing to hear from the Holy Spirit and bend the knee to your old ways of doing things, hallelujah, the Holy Spirit's going to show up in mighty ways. But don't think for one moment that you can keep doing the same old, same old and have the manifestation and the power and the miracles that you so desperately need. So here's the deal. If we have a look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 11, it says this, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit over these last few nights has been done for the common good. The common good. If you look at the number of people that are here tonight, compared to the number of people that were here last week, we've almost tripled in numbers. That why? Because there's signs and wonders, and when there's signs and wonders, God will add to their numbers daily. You are walking proof of a scripture in Acts chapter 2. You've just fulfilled prophetic word. You didn't even realize it. You just came to church. And when we have a look at this, it says this. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. Now what's a message of wisdom? That's when I can look at somebody and say something about them that they've told nobody. It's an in-depth look. Have you ever walked up to somebody and they're like, are they looking through me or are they looking at somebody else? Have you ever had that feeling like you're walking through an x-ray machine at the airport? Your spiritual man is just kind of like, a word of wisdom usually makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Sadly for you guys, I'm your pastor and this is one of my, my, my foremost gifts. 
So expect to be x-rayed every now and then. You'll notice while we're ministering, people are ministering here, I'm looking out at the crowd. Because I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, who do you have a word for for me? What, what, what do I need to tell somebody? Because you see, a word of wisdom is used to get someone's attention. If somebody walks up to you and says, you know what, the, the issues that you've been having with your daughter, Proverbs says that an answer when mild turns away rage. How did he know I was having problems with my daughter? Well, maybe I should listen to the Proverbs scripture then. If he knew that I had problems with my daughter, I'm going to listen to what it says in scripture. Everything we do is to draw attention to the word in which our gifts are based. If somebody comes to you and can't back up with at least some vestige of a scripture, not the ones we've mentioned before that are made up, you, your onus is on you to go home and check that in scripture, to make sure that scripture exists, to get peace that yes, that's what the Lord said to me tonight. Sometimes when we give a word of wisdom or a word like we've had here tonight, the Holy Spirit will manifest and that's showing that what's just been spoken to you is true. You don't have to run home. If you've been slain in the Spirit here in the last couple of nights, remember what was said over you because the very fact that the Holy Spirit wanted you to submit to that word and, and took you down on the floor is a way of Him saying, you don't have to worry that what's just been said is true. Because I didn't push you. Hey, Melissa. I, I, did, I didn't put you to the floor. I didn't ask you to, 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 to weep. I didn't ask you to start laughing. Am I, amen? When you feel the Holy Spirit welling up like a magnet to the word that's just been spoken and the two meet, there will be miracles and signs and wonders. Amen? That doesn't mean to say you don't have to go home and check it. That doesn't mean to say you don't have to go home and study it and get it in your mind and get solid in it and make sure that you know it so that you can quote it so that when that back pain that left me last night starts creeping back, I know what scripture to speak and see that back pain go away again. Does that make sense? So apart from the gift of the word of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge. So a word of wisdom is about something in your life and I'm going to give you a future state that you need to move towards. A word of knowledge is just something about you that's happened in the past. Very similar gifts. Very, very similar. To an, and it even says that by means of the same Spirit in Scripture. It's, it, it's very similar. Verse 9 goes on. To another, the gift of faith. Oh, I thought we all had the gift of faith. Have you ever been around somebody when they take a decision and say, let's go for it? Against all odds, I'm going to go for it. Against all odds. Can I tell you something? We've got somebody in this congregation that operates like that in his business. We've got somebody that says, you know what? I don't have that. I don't have this. But the Lord has clearly shown me that if I do this, I'll have everything I need. Let's go for it. That's a special gift of faith. Other people would go, not, it's, don't you smoking your socks. The budget doesn't line up with the income and the deficit is too great to the some people have just, are just bound to be those kinds of people that, not stupidly, count the cost, know what the risks are, and are willing to go. That's the gift of faith. Then we have the next one. To another, the gift of healing. We saw that last night. And you know, it wasn't just me or, or Zach. Or, there were people walking up and down, touching and praying, and people were falling out. And 
you know, up here the last couple of nights, if I sighed too much, people were falling over in the spirit. I was like, just in case I... People's backs were being healed, hands were being straightened. Come on, put your hand up in the congregation if you've received healing of some kind of ailment in the last couple of days. Put your, just put your hands up. Look at them, 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 look at them. That's just these last three days. Some of you will probably not even remember who prayed for you. Yes? Kind of, I think it was, was it Pastor Zach or was it Pastor Craig? I think so. Couldn't even, could it maybe even be young Aiden? You see the children? Blind faith, we're just walking up going, yeah, hello, you healed, hello, you healed, hello, you healed. They didn't even have to pray with you. Yeah? And so there's a gift of healing to another miraculous powers. Miraculous powers. We'll go into a study of these over the next couple of weeks. To another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. All of these work one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one of us. Just as he determines. That doesn't mean to say that the gift of prophecy doesn't lie within you. That means that he's going to make sure that the right person gets into the right circumstance to deliver the right word at the right time. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray because we've got some things to ask God for. Father in heaven, we've learned that we have the power to fight back. We've learned that we have the gifts to fight back. We've learned that Satan the devil isn't as powerful in our lives as he, we thought he was. And Father, right now, in this room, we pray that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit now comes upon us from a perspective of a gift that we're going to operate in. We might not know what it's called. We might not know what it looks like. We might not know what it is. But Father God, you are stirring up in us right now. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. I just get a sense that, that somebody has felt like they, they, they want to step in and understand this, this gift of prophecy. But they've been too, a little bit hesitant to do so. Is that you? Just shoot up your hand and say, yes, that's, that's me. I, I wanted to explore the gift of prophecy. Thank you. Thank you at the back. I get a sense as well that there's people in here that, that have always been enamored by the gift of healing. And, and they want to know more about that gift of healing. Anybody, anybody here about the gift of healing? Anybody? Thank you. Over there, over here, over there, all over the place. Hands going up for healing. What about that word of wisdom, that word of knowledge? I want to be able to give people good direction. I want to know the amen over there on the right, over there on the right, over there at the back, over there at the far back, in the booth, over here on the left. What about... The simple ones. I want, to, I want to know how to raise people from the dead. I'm joking. There's nothing straight. All things are possible, right? But what about, just, just close your eyes now, and what about the gift of tongues? I really, really want to pray in the gift. I really want to just pray in tongues. I've, I've never been able to pray in tongues, and I don't know what that means. I don't know what it looks like. Who in the room has got a, who's got a tongue, who, who prays in tongues, who, who's got their own prayer tongue language? Amen. Well, if you've got a prayer tongue, I, I want you just to start praying right now in it. Just, just loudly, just softly, but, but loud enough to be heard. And as we pray out in tongues, for those of you who, who've never...